Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. So yes, so my name is Sue and uh, I'm here this morning representing the church to welcome everyone here. Uh, to our church this morning, and uh, we pray our blessing will be upon each one. Um, Today we've got uh, worship time, which uh, will be led by um, Ellie on the keyboard, which is so wonderful to gather together and worship our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Then we have what we call a family time, and that will be an introduction to something unusual in the Bible. And we'll be handing over to Martin for that. Then we have a communion service together, which is being run by uh, our life group. And um, I was thinking about this, and actually it's a a mini feast representing the great feast that is to come in the future. So come and enjoy the feast today. A feast of blessing, a feast of worship, and a feast of learning together about the uh, wonderful work of our Saviour Jesus. So everyone, you're really welcome. And when we get to that feast in heaven, we don't know when that will be, of course, either when Jesus comes back or when we pass away, um, there'll be a chair there. There'll be hundreds, millions of people, but there will be a chair with your name on it and my name. We are going to be welcomed individually and personally. And maybe as a fellowship, as a church, because we're like a temple together, aren't we, Uh, in which the Holy Spirit dwells. You'll be there with your name on a chair. Imagine that. When you go to a wedding, sometimes there's names, and you have to walk around the tables to find your name. Your name will be there when we... Somebody said, I'll be in the basement. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I'll be in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, the feast will be prepared and provided for us. That will be amazing, won't it? So, shall we start with worship? Thank you, Ellie. We'll hand over to you and uh, we'll give praises to our God. When you receive an invitation to a wedding, it usually looks pretty and it's got maybe a silver little bow on it or something. And inside, all the details about the wedding are given you, aren't they? You know the date, you know the place, and you know you're invited because it's got your name on it. And you keep that invitation card and you look forward to it. And for this this wedding, which uh, Jesus has invited us to, we, have no, we don't need to buy a present. <laughs> Everything is given us. We just come as we are. But with that invitation, we know our name. We know we are welcomed when we go to that. And we, don't we look forward to it when that, on that day when you know that wedding is going to take place and you're going to be there. And the bride and the groom. I've never seen a bride that doesn't look beautiful when you go to a wedding. So that's us. Our church will be there. We'll be the bride at this wedding. So we get an invitation as a guest, but also we are the 
bride when we get there. So we are blessed, wonderful people, because it costs nothing. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord God, how we praise you, how we thank you. Your mercy is endless, and it includes everyone, the people in the basement, the people in the palaces, wherever we are, we're all welcome to that when that invitation goes out, and we just have to say, yes, I am coming. Thank you for the invitation. I'm coming. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it is too good. It is too good to be true. But it's true. It is true. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for now. Thank you for the future. Amen. Amen. Okay. I just want to bask in the wonder of it. But we can't bask. We're mo we've got a program. We've got a plan. So, Martin, would you like to come and give us our little, uh, not little, our important talk for our family time? Okay. Um, if I mentioned that we're talking about food in our family time, then you'll be thinking, oh, feast time, which we've already been talking about. I'm not sure if you'd really want to think about feast time with the food we're going to talk about today. So, uh, got the PowerPoint there? If I put this particular character on the screen, okay, what food are we talking about today? honey and wild honey and a, a, a relation of the grasshopper, a locust, locusts and wild honey. John the Baptist came preparing the way for Jesus and it says that he came dressed in a camel's hair coat, leather belt round his waist, and eating locusts and wild honey. How does that sound? <laughs> right. Fancy eating them? <laughs> Good. If the chef says so, we're okay. And wild honey. Yeah. Now, how interesting is that? I, I thought, was that why on earth did the gospel writers just take the trouble to tell us what John the Baptist ate? Why? And does it have a significance? Well, let's we'll think about it. Okay. Now, universally throughout the Bible, locusts are seen. Oh, you can't see that too well. But locusts are seen as an absolute pest. Why? Does anyone know? Why are locusts bad? They devour everything. It's the greatest fear of people living in sort of that uh, Middle Eastern 
world and down into Africa, the greatest fear is when a swarm of locusts come and descend on your fields. Your crops are ruined. And they come in such great quantities. Now, who is, who is a good reader of the Bible? Who's young? Is it Amelia? <laughs> All right. Right, we're going to read it together then. Okay, let's read it together. This, this is an account, a prophecy from Joel about the state of the land of Israel. And he compares the state of the land of Israel to what has happened when a locust comes. Let's read this together. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. A nation has invaded my land, a mighty army without number. It has the teeth of a lion, the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste to my vines and ruined my fig trees. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it away leaving their branches white. Wow, that's pretty devastating, isn't it? Throughout the scriptures, locusts are seen as a sign of judgment. Think of the ten plagues. One of them was a swarm of locusts destroying the land of Egypt. By contrast... Honey, throughout the scriptures, are seen as a sign of blessing. Give me some examples. Where does, where does honey come up in the Bible? Yes. The honeycomb comes from bees. That's right, yes. Where does, where, where, can, can anyone think of honey in the Bible? A lion, yes, in connection with? Out of the strong came forth sweetness. And we all think of Tate and Lyle at that moment. And syrup. And <laughs> okay, yes, another one. Yes, the, the promised land, the, the, the land of, of hope and vision and, and prosperity is called a land flowing with milk and honey. And you know, I went into our uh, bathroom today and I found a hand wash. And it's a milk and honey hand wash. <laughs> I don't think I'll consume it, but there we are. So, and here's, here's some honey I found earlier. Okay. So, where uh, honey in the Bible? Yes. Yes. Honey from the rock. In fact, I had a beautiful picture uh, of, of honey comb hanging from a rock. I couldn't actually download it, but uh, it was, yeah, honey in the rock. It, bees will go anywhere, trees, uh, buildings, in the rock. Yeah. Yes, yes. The word of God is like honey. Um, Quite often, it's in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, um, the word of God is likened to honey. 
sweet. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, son of Saul, remember, dipped his spear into honey and ate it, and it gave him strength for the battle. Um, Proverbs says, eat honey, my son, for it is good. The only bad thing I found about honey was another proverb in the next chapter says, but eat too much of it and you will vomit. <laughs> um, two prophets, Ezekiel and, uh, and, and John the Apostle, um, both ate a scroll, like eating the words of God. And it was like honey in their mouth. Although it was bitter in their stomach because it was not good words from the Lord. So, just one or two things, facts about honey. To produce about a pound of honey, over two million nectar-producing flowers must be visited. So you think, here we are, that's about a pound, well, it would have been about a pound of honey. Two million flowers have been visited to produce that. An average bee produces just one-twelfth of a tablespoon of honey in its lifetime. It lives about six weeks. Okay, honey, here's some good things about honey. It's a great alternative to artificial sweeteners and table sugar. Better than, than, than sugar. Honey can be used for skin care. Wounds, it's a, it's a, it used to be commonly used um, when, uh, to heal wounds can help soothe the sore throat. Yeah, you know, and, and colds, honey and lemon, we all do that, don't we? Um, honey is a great source of natural energy. Properly stored, honey never goes bad. Isn't that amazing? It, it, you, honey can last for thousands of years if you store it properly. Honey builds your immune system. It's good for dental care. So, you know, sugar's bad for you, but actually honey's good for your teeth. And honey has every single nutrient needed to keep a person alive. Isn't it astonishing? Right. What's the significance, then, of John the Baptist eating locusts and wild honey? Interesting, the message that John brought. It was a message of hope. The Messiah is coming. The Saviour is on his way. Get ready. Prepare the way of the Lord. But he also comes, it said, with his winnowing fork in his hand to separate the wheat from the chaff. Salvation and judgment. If you don't get your heart prepared and ready for the king. If you stand in opposition to Jesus, then you could suffer the fate of locusts. But if you welcome Jesus into your heart and life, your life can become as sweet as honey. We've got time. I just wasn't sure whether we'll have time. We'll just play this last clip just as a little bit of...
was just about to say, I think John the Baptist might have been onto something. <laughs> and, 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 and you can go and get recipes for locusts. They're very good fried, apparently, and getting a nod here. Yeah, so I've never tried them, but uh, they sound, especially when they're crunchy, they say. <laughs> Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Strange, some, strange, your word is strange sometimes to us, to our culture. But Lord, I pray that you'll help us to remember that when we, when we are ready to welcome Jesus, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open to receive him and that we don't resist him. And Lord, we pray for our society, Lord, that we have a society that welcomes Jesus, that we don't have a plague of locusts taking people, but Lord, people will know the blessing of the honey of the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Um, now, young ones and uh, parents and carers, time for your communion. So if someone could just give me a hand and we'll... Sue was saying earlier that when we eat communion, it's only a, a small feast, if you like. It's a small meal. <laughs> it's a little sip of grape juice or wine and a, a small um, piece of bread that we take. But it's like a picture of the great feast that is ours when we go to be with the Lord forever. So... And it's possible because of the bread which tells us, speaks to us of Jesus' body that was broken on the cross and the grape juice, the wine, which speaks to us of the blood that Jesus shed when he was on the cross. He gave his lifeblood rightfully unto death so that we wouldn't have to suffer the punishment that we deserve. So, children, bring your parent, mum, dad, carer up, and it's your opportunity. Father, we thank you for this message in bread and wine, which tells us of your great love for us, how you died for us, that we might be forgiven, that death might be conquered, and we have a hope of an eternity with you. Please bless our children as part of your family, as they share the family meal with us. Please bless our children today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, we're going um, to allow our children to go to their group. You're very welcome to go, look, children and young people. And um, we'll have a break now while we fill up with our coffee. The offering
true. Thank you, Thomas. There you go. So, children, your offering to our young people that we support in Uganda. Now, if we had a real giraffe here, you could stand underneath him, you know. He's so tall. So, our, after church finishes, after we finish our, our service, there'll be a, a lunch to which everyone is welcome if you'd like to stay. Uh, that will be downstairs. Our, it's not honey and locusts, it's uh, carrot and coriander today. So you'll be very welcome. So, yep. So, Lord, we pray blessing on our children and young people, as Martin has already prayed, and uh, ask you to be with them as they go to their own time now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're a visitor here, welcome to you, and uh, this basket is not for you, you're to pass it by, but if you are a Livingstones member regularly, then please, the offerings are for the work of God in many different uh, parts of the world, and uh, for our expenses here. Thank you. We, uh, as a life group, have prepared the communion for the next um, as, uh, for this next part of the service, and we're going to uh, read a passage um, from one John, which Mary is going to read, um, and then we're going to uh, take it in turns actually to go through three of the verses, um, and then have a period of reflection before we take communion. So I'm going to ask Mary to come and read. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. 1 John 3, 1 to 3. I'm going to speak about the first verse, which I'll just read again. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So, context, this is John, one of Jesus' apostles writing. Um, the same John who Jesus asked to take care of his mother Mary as his own mother after the crucif or at the crucifixion. Um, John's writing pastorally to several different churches, Gentile congregations. So the first word we have here is see. Um, it's, not, it's not dramatic enough. The, word, the Greek word John uses, edate, I think that's how you say it. I don't know if right. Um, which translates more accurately as like, look at this. Like he really wants us to take notice. He really wants us to understand this is something to be amazed by. Um, because this isn't just any old love that he's talking about. This isn't a rom-com version. It's not like the love of a favorite car. It's not the way that we might love our bed. Is that just me? <laughs> um, it's agape love. 
is the love John's talking about here, an unconditional, sacrificial love. And it says this love's not just given, but lavished upon us. So much so that we get to be called children of God. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his love for us. And John specifically mentions not only do we get to be called children of God, but we truly are children of God. We're his children. That is who we are, he says. In our culture, we try and build identities and selves out of all kinds of things, like our relationships, our jobs, possessions. Like It's very normal for us to say, I'm a mum, or I am a student, or I'm a husband, or I am a youth worker, or I am a homeowner, all these sorts of things. I'm a business owner. Or we'll define ourselves and feel judged by negative connotations, things that we in our society or um, culture feel bad about. Maybe I am divorced or I am in debt or I am a failure. But none of this is who we truly are. We strip all this away and our only true identity is in Christ. We're called children of God. We are called that and that is what we are. Because he loves us. This is not a fragile love. It's not a shaky love. This is not a love that will ever pull the rug from underneath you. This is God's good, faithful, fierce, and gentle, steadfast, agape love. Love is his very nature. He is the source of this outpouring of love. He is love. And there's nothing that we can do to make him love us more. And there's nothing we can do to make him love us less. His love does not depend on us. His love is perfect. And we see what his love looks like in the words of actions and uh, words and actions of Jesus. It looks like serving. It looks like healing. It looks like justice. It looks like truth. It looks like relationship. It looks like suffering alongside us. It looks like laying down his life for us. And still, even from the cross, talking about forgiveness. That kind of love. How do we respond to this kind of love? Our response will always be inadequate because we're not perfect like him. But our response doesn't change God's love for us. But we can accept it, breathe it in, rest in it, thank him and praise him for it. Sometimes it's hard to believe that he could love us this much because we know what we're really like. We're acutely aware of our own flaws, especially the hidden ones that we don't want anyone else to see. But here's John, who hung out face to face with Jesus. He experienced his love, like, firsthand. And John's telling us we can believe it. We can also respond to this love by following Jesus. He told us to love God, love each other, and even, counterculturally, to love our enemies. Not easy. But remembering who we are and how loved we are, we can love well with the help of the Holy Spirit transforming our hearts and minds as we keep seeking first the kingdom here and now. And John goes on in the second part of verse 1 to say the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The way John's using the concept of knowing here involves more than just information. It's not about knowing a fact. It refers to a sense of intimacy and connection. And this is how God knows us, intimately, better than we know ourselves. And he still loves us, <laughs> lavishly. We are deeply connected. He is in us, and we are in him. We are completely loved by the creator of the universe. 
we get to be called his children and that is what we are and there is more to come not everything has been revealed yet as we hear about in the next verse which rob i think is going to talk about thank you joe yeah when we were talking about this in life group this week i thought this is an interesting experiment each going one after the other seeing what each of us to say and I, I said to kaz yesterday i said oh do you think we should have maybe started an email group or something to check what each other's saying? I was like, no, the Holy Spirit's got this. So, <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, Joe had an advantage going first, but I'll, I'll try to follow that. Um, so I've um, following on um, 1 John 3, verse 2. Dear friends, now we're all children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, we shall see him as he is. One exciting verse. In some respects, I think kind of that the New Testament all kind of summed up in about 39 words. Reassurance of who we are today. And as Joe was saying, children of God. In fact, as we sung as well, didn't we? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. Um, but then a teaser for what's going to happen in our, in our eternal future. Um, so I'm going to go on a slightly different track and pick out three... Um, sentences, three lines that really spoke to me um, when I was looking into this. The first, what we will be has not yet been made known. So John's already been very clear that we're children of God, but what's to come in the future? What what happens next? And to be honest, we don't quite know. I mean, there are certainly some indications and in revelation and what Sue was saying this morning about there being a, a chair for us at the table with our names on it and we'll look on the big wedding screen and we'll We'll go and find our table. But we can't say with like real exact clarity what heaven will be like because we don't know. And why is that? It's not spelled out really that clearly in the Bible. And maybe that's because I know that the English translations aren't always uh, the greatest, but maybe even the, 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 the Greek translations and others, they can't, words can't actually grab, grasp what the glory of heaven is actually going to be. And while I was researching this, I found a really nice quote from John Stott. And he says, What we are does not appear to the world. What we shall be does not yet appear to us. What an interesting place to be in a kind of a, a middle ground. The world perhaps doesn't understand us now because through faith we're so confident about what's to come next. And yet we don't know exactly what it is. You know, I'm confident about next week at work because I know exactly what I'm going to be doing on each day. But we've got this confidence through our faith for what's to come. So second, when he's revealed, we shall be like him. And I think this is a useful clue to what our future state's going to be like. And this is why we can say with confidence that we shall be like Jesus when we join him in glory. And I think it's worth focusing on the word like, because this, to me, and I don't think I'm just doing my own interpretation here, I hope not. But our personalities won't disappear. Who we are won't disappear. Penny will still be Penny. Paul will still be Paul. Jonathan, Louise will still be Jonathan, Louise. Emma will still be Emma. We'll all be the people that we are. We won't dissolve into God like a raindrop dissolves into the sea. But instead, our character and our nature will be perfected by, by Jesus, by being with Jesus, by, by being like him. Uh, and also the word shall, I think, is important as well. It helps us to acknowledge that whilst we're here on earth, we're on a journey, a journey of faith. We want to try and be more like Jesus, but in our earthly state, in this earthly realm, we're always going to fall short. 
but we are children of God and we can take comfort and confidence in that. And that journey is going to end. It will end when either Jesus comes back or we go to be with him. And at that point, we'll shift from this forward-looking shall be like him to a present with Jesus. And then what will that be like? Well, the third line that I wanted to focus on was we shall see him as he is. I think that's exciting, right? We'll see him as he is. We won't, it won't be what we've read about. Um, it won't be an artist impression. It won't, be, it won't be white Jesus. It won't be baby Jesus. It won't be Middle East Jesus. It will be Jesus, all Jesus. And that's going to be pretty amazing. And Revelation 1 describes a vision of Jesus that's quite different from the one that we see in books and on films. And I quote, He was dressed in a long robe with a gold, and it's either sash or breastplate, whatever you're reading, his head and his hair were white, uh, sorry, were white as snow white wool. His eyes blazed like fire, and his feet shone like the finest bronze glows in the furnace. His voice had the sound of a great waterfall. Great waterfall, that's amazing. And I saw that in his right hand he had seven stars, and two sharp, uh, sorry, a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth, and his face was ablaze like the sun at its height. Very, very different from the from the from the fully man Jesus that we that we read about in the Gospels and that we um, that is kind of in our minds. And one day we will see him face to face. And for now, what we've got is a kind of a mirror image, and not the kind of not the mirror that I used to shave in that's got like that three times thing, so I can see every little hair. Not not that kind of mirror, like one of those ancient mirrors that was kind of just like polished metal, so you could really polish it up and you could see something in there. And you can make out the, the 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 bigger side of what's going on, but there are distortions, there are imperfections. You just can't quite see in the level of detail. So we can see him, but it's not quite clear. And one, but one day we will. We'll be there face to face, and we'll see him with absolute clarity. There'll be no distortions that the world can sometimes bring. And I think Joe touched on that in terms of identity. It'll be fully Jesus. And so to close my bit, I'll finish with a quote from Spurgeon. I hope is an encouragement. Um, yeah, we might struggle in this world to live up to Jesus' standard in this life, but we should keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other, safe in the knowledge that glory is to come. We will see him. So this is the quote. That was, that was just a Rob Kelly quote. This is a Spurgeon quote. If I may use such an expression, this is not the time for the manifestation of a Christian's glory. Eternity is to be the period for the Christian's full development and for the sinless display of his God-given glory. Here, he must expect to be unknown. In the hereafter, that, sorry, it is in the hereafter that he is to be discovered as a son of the great king. Ellie, over to you. So, uh, uh, what... Um, yeah, so I got the verse three, which is the shortest one. Thanks, guys. Um, basically, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself is the first part of that, that verse. Um, now, uh, building on what Joe and what Rob has said, um, we're, we're children of God um, and, and we have this hope um, in that and the ho and hope meaning um not i hope that's going to happen but uh um uh, there was a word and i've and i should have written it down because i've forgotten it 
um, uh, but uh, a knowledge, a knowledge that that, that 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 has happened. We are a child of God, and that and our hope is in is in a truth. Um, and so everyone who has this hope in him, so the hope that Joe was talking about being a child of God and the hope that Rob was talking about, we shall see him as he is, as he truly is. And um, actually, when you were talking, Rob, I, it reminded me of um, the fact that actually um, uh, it was Peter, it was John, and it was, um, who is the other disciple, the transfiguration, James. Um, they actually did get to see a glimpse of who he really is on the tra- in the transfiguration. So, you know, they lived their lives with him as a human man, um, and then they they saw a glimpse of that Jesus that we are going to see as he really is uh, on the mountain, and they couldn't cope with it. They, you know, their faces were to the floor, um, but we will, we will be ready to cope with seeing Jesus like that, and, and, and we are going to become like him, it says. So we're going to share in that glory that is going to happen. So that's this, that's this hope we're children of god and we, and to come that is our future however it says to him everyone who has this hope so what joe and rob mentioned puris, purifies himself but i thought that jesus did that on the cross surely blood washed us clean he's done that yes he has however our response um, to that message is that we begin to purify ourselves just as a kind of a matter of course because of what he's done, because of who he is, because of how we are going to become and we're going to see him as he truly is. That starts now. We start right now behaving like a son of God. Um, and, and that's what it means in that we are purifying ourselves. But... Not not in the sense of I've got to now try and be really good all the time. It's it's that's not what it is, is it? It's a kind of like I I get this, I've chosen this, I've chosen God's way, I've chosen to be a child him, I've chosen Jesus, I've chosen his ways. I I I, I want to be that servant and that, that example that he gave us. Um, and so through that natural response, the, but John says, that's what we're doing. We are purifying ourselves. It begins now, right now. And we're doing it to ourselves without even sort of having to kind of think about it. The Holy Spirit is doing it within us. So yes, he's doing it, um, but because of our hope, because of our response to that hope, it's begun a purifying work in our bodies and in our minds and in our hearts. Right now, it starts today. We are children of God and we are being purified, cleansed, um, becoming who we're supposed to be, not uh, yes, the hope, it will be fulfilled when we get to heaven, but it's begun already. And who doesn't want that? Who wants to just sit on the, you know, sit back and just like, oh, we just, we just got to get through this. Um, and then, 
you know, that the the goal is is you know we're just gotta wait. You know, just gotta sit around, hang around, do whatever you want. Not, you know, we're just waiting. It doesn't. It, who wants that really? Because actually, knowing that for now is the most amazing thing to help us in our lives. Heaven starts now. Um, so, amen. <laughs> so this hope in him, ultimately our hope is not in heaven um, or in our own glory in heaven. Our hope is in him, which is now, isn't it? I think I've, I don't need to read it. I've said it. <laughs> um, I did also think of the um, the Beatitudes because um, uh, we're, you know, here, we, we, we are purifying ourselves. And um, Jesus said himself, blessed are the pure in heart. And I think John is possibly thinking of this when he said, because, you know, what's the ending of blessed are the pure in heart? For they shall see God. So we're purifying ourselves and we will see God, we'll see Jesus um, in that amazing glory. Amen. Thank you, Ellie. Um, we'd like this time to be a time of reflection uh, before we move on to taking communion. I'm just going to read um, those three verses out again. Um, if you'd like to close your eyes, you can, just to have that real concentration of what you're hearing. And then I would just like to, and if you're happy to do this as well, to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you through these verses and what we've heard this morning. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. As you prepare yourself to come forward this morning to take communion, it would be great if you could take this opportunity to reaffirm your identity as a child of God. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18, it says, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. To be a child of God means we are, to, we are loved limitlessly. We are his children. We are, look, we are looked after, we are guided, we are protected by him. We are created in God's image. Take comfort and confidence in this, um, as has been said this morning. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we are saved. Hallelujah. We're going to play some music this morning that we've already heard. As this music plays, take the time with God to come to his throne this morning. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in anything that 
that you need to lay at his feet so that when you come to the table this morning, you're prepared and you're ready to praise him and thank him and give um, for everything he has given freely to us. Think about those things that the Holy Spirit has prompted you in this morning um, and respond at the table. Do you simply need to thank and say thank you for his never-ending, deep-rooted, agape love? Just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as that is what God has given us to help us. I'm going to play the music. What an amazing, almost unbelievable, but it is true, Lord. What an amazing truth. Thank you, Lord, for this truth, Lord. Thank you that we are all children of God, Lord. Help us to know this within our hearts, Lord Jesus. You tell us the truth. You want us to know. As we take communion, just think upon whatever God has spoken to you this morning. We're all individual. He won't have the same message for us all. And if you're unsure of what God has said to you this morning, keep on asking him, keep on seeking. We're going to take communion now. Amen. Just before we do take communion, I just had a picture while I was praying there. And as I had this picture, this feeling of dread has settled on me and this feeling of fear. And I think this picture was of a cage and the cage door is open and someone is sitting in the cage. You can leave the cage, but you're choosing not to. And I don't know why. Is the cage your... Are you trapped in an identity that you feel is you and you can't escape from? Is the, is the cage's position in life where you can't leave it and you, and you want to desperately, but you can't? If I feel like that about your situation, I can't imagine how you're feeling. So please, if that is you and you're sitting there and thinking, I just want to leave this situation, leave this cage, leave this feeling of being trapped, please do grab me or someone that you trust and pray about it afterwards. Um, because... I would like to move on from this feeling very quickly, <laughs> to be honest. It's, uh, it's not nice. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. I'm going to ask um, Sean and Lee to come up and help serve the communion, if that's okay. Uh, what we'll do is, once you've been served communion, if you could turn to the person next to you and serve them, and we'll carry on serving each other this morning. holy ground with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ amongst us. So we'll, we'll close our time with this, uh, with this song. Mm -hmm. 